Hello, and welcome to the Positivity in Pregnancy and Motherhood podcast. I am really excited to do a marriage-specific episode today. Growing our marriage is important because that's at the center of our family. I mean, God is definitely always at the first, but then our marriage is the unit that has created our motherhood and our family, and our marriages are so important. And I've come to realize that as I've gone on how important um, putting effort into your marriage can be. And this is actually a book summary, um, kind of summarizing what I have read from the five love languages. And I'm really excited to get into that and give you some good tips and tricks that I have learned and that I feel like are going to really help my marriage and have me really fired up and excited. So thank you for joining Hi, I'm Jocelyn, host of the Positive in Pregnancy and Motherhood podcast. I help pregnant women and mothers to find positivity in their season of life through changing their thoughts to work for them and not against them. I help mothers find the small, doable steps in thought and action without making drastic changes to their everyday mom life. And I can help you. Thanks for joining. All right, I want you to go back in time. I want you to go back in time and remember what it felt like to fall in love with your spouse. I want you to go back and remember what it felt like to be on cloud nine, to feel like nothing was wrong, to feel like you were so happy and in love and enthralled with this man. You were really excited of the potential of your future because he was just perfect. He treated you perfect. He was attractive and you loved him. I want you to go back to that in love experience and that infatuation. Wasn't that time so fun? Wasn't being in love amazing? In the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, he talks about how that that infatuation love does not last forever. He even gave a time frame, and it just depends on personalities. That time frame of the in love or infatuation phase can last anywhere from three months to two years, and then it kind of tends to wear off after that if it's not fed. And that's what this book is about. It is about learning these five love languages so that you can keep feeding your marriage, so that you can keep feeding your spouse the love language that they most feel loved in. Okay, so before we jump into the five love languages, though, I wanted to finish up with how when you're married that um, the in love phase can kind of diminish, and that's where reality can set in. And I actually want to read a couple of quotes from the book. It says, Welcome to the real world of marriage, where hairs are always on the sink and little white spots cover the mirror where discussions center around not on where should we eat tonight, but why didn't you get milk. In a world where bills and in-laws and jobs and children all clamor for our attention, 
a world where routine and resentment can silently eat away at the love we once had. In this world, a look can hurt and a word can crush. Intimate lovers can become enemies and a marriage and marriage a battlefield. And have you ever felt some of that reality scent set in when all those other things are clamoring for your attention and you've kind of lost that luster? <laughs> it happens to all of us when that phase kind of goes away and we just are wondering, what are we doing? This is hard. Marriage is tough. Where's that in love infatuation that was so enjoyable? And why am I not feeling that in my marriage? If you're following along, that was on page 31 in the five love language books. And I'm going to read another one on page 32. It says, once the experience of falling love has run its natural course, remember the average in love experience lasts two years we will return to the world of reality and begin to assert, assert ourselves. He will express his desires, but her desire, his desires will be different from hers. He wants sex, but she's too tired. He dreams of buying a new car, but she flatly says we can't afford it. She would like to visit her parents, but he says, I don't like spending so much time with your family. Little by little, the illusion of intimacy evaporates and the individual desires, emotions, thoughts, and behavior patterns assert themselves. They are two individuals. Their minds have not melded together, and their emotions mingled only briefly in the ocean of love. Now the waves of reality begin to separate them. They fall out of love, and at that point either they withdraw, separate, divorce, or set off in search of a new in-love experience, or they begin the hard work of learning to love each other without the euphoria of the in-love obsession. Love is a choice. And I completely marked this book up, circling over and over again. Love is a choice. I can't tell you how many times he wrote that one sentence in the book. Love is a choice. Love is our choice as wives. We get to make that choice to love our husbands. And in my reading of this book, and also with my experience, I have learned some things that I am excited to share with you. But before we get to those, I would like to read you this um, paragraph that he talks about from the in love to real love. Research seems to indicate that there is a third and better alternative. So he, before that, was talking about how there were two options. They can either resign themselves to a life of misery with their spouse or jump ship and try again. In reality, there are way more options than that, but that's what he is referring to in this sentence. So I'll read that again. Research seems to indicate that there is a third and better alternative. We can recognize the in-love experience for what it was a temporary emotional high, and now pursue real love with our spouse. That kind of love is emotional in nature, but not obsessional. It's a love that unites reason and emotion. It involves an act of the will and requires discipline, and it recognizes the need for personal growth. Our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love, but to be genuinely loved by another. To know a love that grows out of reason and choice, not in instinct. 
I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me, who sees in me something worth loving. That kind of love requires effort and discipline. It is a choice to expend energy in an effort to benefit the other person, knowing that his or her life is enriched by your effort. You too will find a sense of satisfaction, the satisfaction of having genuinely loved another. It does not require the euphoria of the in-love experience. In fact, true love cannot begin until the in-love experience has run its course. And there's so much I can't go into, like I can't read the whole book (laughs) on here, but there's so much good stuff. If you are feeling this is an answer you need to some help in your marriage with some needed love or even a needed new perspective on loving your spouse, I would highly recommend getting this book. I actually found mine at our local thrift store. They had multiple coffee copies for $3. Like, <laughs> go look at a thrift store. You might even be able to find a decent copy for, for cheap there. But it is it is powerful. I will share little snippets of what I've learned, but you can get so much more by delving deeper yourself into the book for what you feel you need in your marriage. I'm going to give you one more quote, but it seems so sterile, some may contend. Love as an attitude with an appropriate behavior? Where are the shooting stars, the balloons, the deep emotions? What about the spirit of anticipation, the twinkle of an eye, the electricity of a kiss, the excitement of sex? What about the emotional security of knowing that I'm number one in his or her mind? That's what this book is all about. How do we meet each other's deep emotional need to feel loved? If we can learn that and choose to do it, then the love we share will be exciting beyond anything we have ever felt when we were infatuating. And to me, that was like a big bell dinging and saying, yes, 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 that is what I want. I want to create and thrive and grow and nourish and feed a marriage that grows like that. That is amazing, even when we're old and gray and that we just have put so much into it that it's even better than the infatuated love. That is what I want to do. I want to build that love that is more than the infatuated love. And I think throughout my marriage, in ways I have done this without realizing it, in other ways I have been very intentional intentional about shifting some of my behaviors to feed my marriage instead of kind of starving it. In my original thought process, I had wanted to do this whole book summary in one podcast episode, but I'm just so fired up about it and I have so much that I want to share about it that it is going to be a multiple (laughs) episode series on this little marriage um, and the five love languages. So what I want you to take away from this episode is to realize that the infatuation phase does not last forever. And that's okay. But realize that you can choose. Realize this week that you can choose in your marriage. You can choose to love. And it is amazing when we choose to make that choice because my marriage has completely shifted as I have chose chose to love. And we will go into deeper examples 
I'm going to leave you with that. Realize it's a choice. And next week, we're going to dive deep into the love languages and things I've learned over my marriages, but also stories that he shared. I think that's one reason I liked this book so much is that he gives and gave in that book a lot of real life examples. I could see traces of myself and my husband in in some of the stories he told or in other relationships of people around me that I that I know of. Um, I saw traces of the examples he shared in those. It just seemed really relatable. So take that into your life this week. Realize that your love in a marriage and your love for your husband is a choice. And that's actually freeing to realize that we have the choice to foster this love and to build it deeper and to build that marriage that feeds us that feeds our souls and helps us to show up in all other areas of our lives, in our motherhood, in being a friend, in our family relationships, in all that we have and do, our marriage can really help. And also putting God at the center. I did like this book because he does put God in this book. God is important in our love. Thank you for listening. Thank you for applying. And thank you for coming back in the future to hear about the five love languages and to implement them into your marriage. You are amazing, Mama. I am cheering for you, and you can do this. Until next time. Thank you for being a part of the Positive in Pregnancy and Motherhood podcast, for listening, for sharing, and most of all, for applying these tools into your own life to improve your own happiness so that you can find your own better thoughts for a better you in a positive pregnancy, in losing that stubborn baby weight and becoming the mom you desire to be through taking small steps in thought and action to reach your goals. If you are a mother who has an inner desire to enjoy motherhood and pregnancy better, but you are having difficulty figuring it out, I can help you. I can help you find the small, doable steps without drastic changes to your everyday mom life. Reach out, let's connect, and let's see you move forward. My name is Jocelyn, and I thank you for listening. Until next time.